Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here and taking time out of your day to listen and grow with God. We pray that God will speak to you and you will experience His amazing love through this message. Let's take a listen. Well, Merry Christmas. My name is Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here at Greystone Church. I want to give a special Merry Christmas to our Monroe campus, our Coney campus, everybody who's watching online. I know it's cold out there. How's our Loganville campus? All right, y'all weathered the storm. You guys are here. I'm not sure what's going, over, going on over here with all the sunglasses, but uh, I like the festivity. I like the festivity. So uh, our Greystone staff team loves to have fun. And this year, we had our annual Christmas party with our staff and our elders and our families. And everybody uh, came together for that party. I've got a picture here I want to show you because there's a lot of people, a lot of work goes into Greystone Church. And this is this is part of our team. This is not all of our team. And every year at our Christmas party, we, you know, we break bread together. Um, we have fun and games. We do uh, a free raffle for everybody. And then I give everyone a present. Well, this year, the elders of the church decided to give me a present. And they had never given me a present before. And so like in 19 years, I'm thinking, we've had a phenomenal year. They're thankful. They're grateful. You know, they, they really want to show their love and appreciation for me. And so I open the present, and it is a trophy <laughs> with a fish. And it says, largest fish ever caught in the seacrest, which is my dad's fishing vessel. I've got a picture here. In fact, my dad, can, can you confirm, Dad, that, that we caught this fish? He's saying no. He's shaking his head. Can we just see it on the big screen? Can we go, go look, look how big that fish is. Largest fish ever caught in the sea crest. So I had to show it one more time. If you had to see it, I had to show it one more time. So super excited about this Christmas message. And I want you to think about Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so we're gonna go back to Old Testament prophecy and then we're gonna work our way uh, through the New Testament And we're gonna look at Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Now, Isaiah the prophet, this is Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. He wrote this 700 years before Christ. Okay, 700 years before Christ. Here's the prophecy. Isaiah 7, 14 says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so the sign that we have is the virgin birth. It's one of the the greatest mysteries of our faith. It's the miracle of Christmas. The virgin will be be with child and give birth to a son. You're to name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, So Jesus was God incarnate, God in the flesh, God with us. And then Isaiah goes on in chapter nine, verse six, and says, for a child is born to us, and a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love, I love that title for Jesus. He's, he's the Prince of Peace. And, and so the, the Israelites, the people of God, had this prophecy for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and they're waiting for the Messiah to come. They're waiting for the Savior to come, and we fast forward to Luke Chapter two, and this is the famous reading of the birth 
of Christ, and the angel is declaring it to the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. I want you to picture the sky, night sky, filled with thousands and thousands of angels. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And so the Prince of Peace was sent to us to bring us peace. A huge part of the Christmas story is that God sent his only son, Jesus, to bring us peace so that we could experience peace. And so the, the question I have is, if God sent Jesus to bring us peace, why are we not experiencing peace? Because when I look at the world around us, I'm seeing the opposite of peace. I'm seeing nations at war. I'm seeing a country that is divided down the middle. There's so much division in our country. Individually, I see so much fear, so much anxiety, so much depression, mental health issues, suicide issues, all, all kinds of things. I'm seeing the exact opposite of peace. And so if Jesus came to bring us peace, why are we not experiencing peace? Well, I think we need to take a deeper look into Jesus' life and teaching because he, he's the prince of peace. But when does the prince become king? Have you ever thought about, like, when did Jesus become king? He's the prince, but at what point does he become king in the gospel story? And so if we were to, to walk through the Gospel of Matthew, it's the very first book in the New Testament. It's the story of Jesus' life. And the theme of the Gospel of Matthew is the king and his kingdom. And the book of Matthew is all about Jesus being the king. Matthew chapter one, we have the genealogy of the king. And, and part of the Old Testament prophecy was that he would be born through the, through the line of King David. So it goes back to King David and goes back to Abraham in chapter two, we have the Magi, the wise men, coming to worship the newborn king. And you remember King Herod was, was jealous and he thought Jesus was coming to take over his throne. But Jesus wasn't coming to build an earthly kingdom. He was coming to build an eternal kingdom. Amen. And then in Matthew chapter three, we have Jesus at his baptism. And the heavens open up and God the Father says, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Like He's the son of the king. He's the son of God. And then in Matthew chapter four, Jesus goes out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to fast and pray and prepare for his ministry. And then Satan, the enemy, comes to tempt Jesus. And one of the ways that he tempts Jesus, he takes Jesus to the top of the, the tallest mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And Satan says, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world which is what Satan tries to do in our lives. He wants us to shortcut things and not trust God, not trust God's will and his plan. 
But what does Jesus say? We're to worship the Lord our God and serve him only. Like, I'm gonna trust God's will for my life. I'm gonna trust God's plan, that he's gonna be the one who establishes me as king. And in Matthew chapter four, verse 17, Jesus begins his public ministry and he begins to preach. He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then throughout the entire book of Matthew, Jesus begins to teach about the kingdom. He begins to teach us what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like and, and what people in, who, who people in the kingdom of heaven will be. So he begins in Matthew chapter five with the Beatitudes. This is how the people who are gonna spend eternity in heaven, this is how they are, this is how they will be. And then we come to Matthew 6, 33, which is probably the, the most important verse in Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. It says to seek for, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, seek God first. Put him first in your life, and all these other things will be given to you. Well, what are the other things? Food, clothing, shelter, the necessities of life. It's super cold right now, and we don't think about some of these necessities of life until it, it gets really cold. But I'm thinking a lot about shelter. I'm, think, I'm thinking a lot about food and these things. And Jesus says if we seek God first, if we put him first, then all these things will be taken care of which is the exact op opposite message of our world. Because our world says it's all about us, right? What, what does our world say? I've got a little robe here. Our world says that, that we're the king, right? We're the queen. Our world says, make life all about you. Got me a nice crown here. The world says it's all about you. Have it your way. You deserve to get what you want when you want. That you are the center of the universe. That you're sitting on the throne. That you're calling the shots. That you're the boss. You're in charge. Kind of nice sitting in the throne, isn't it? We like to be the king of our own lives. And we all have our little kingdoms, don't we? I have my little quarter acre lot. I'm the king of my quarter acre lot or my half acre lot or my acre lot. I'm the king of the house. I've got my throne, which is my recliner, which is a hand-me-down from King Sexton. King Sexton gave me his, his recliner. I've got my scepter, which is the remote control. I'm in charge, right? I'm the king of my castle. I control the thermostat. There might be some disagreement with that in the house, who's really the king of the castle. But for the sermon today, I'm the king of my castle. I'm calling the shots, right? I'm in charge. And the reason that we don't have peace is because when we're sitting on the throne and when we're in charge and we're calling the shots, then all the responsibility falls on us. If our success is dependent upon us, all the fear, all the anxiety, all the responsibility, we are carrying it on our shoulders. The Prince of Peace isn't carrying the government on his shoulders, we're carrying it on our shoulders. We're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders because we're king, because we're boss. 
because we're in charge. And the reason there's so much conflict and chaos in our world is because we have all these people who want to be the king of their little kingdoms. So King Jong-un wants to be king. And Putin wants to be king. And Zelensky wants to be king. And Biden wants to be king. And Trump wants to be king. And Elon Musk wants to be king. And LeBron James wants to be King James. And Joe Burrow wants to be king. And Joe Exotic wants to be king. Some of you are picking up what I'm putting down. We have all of these people wanting to be king. So there's so much conflict, there's so much chaos, so many agendas. And in Jesus' kingdom, Jesus says, I've come to be king. I've come to establish the throne. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And so as we study the Bible, we learn that that God came to establish Jesus as king. Let's look at, let me look at Colossians, Colossians chapter one. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. So God himself, God in the flesh, God incarnate, Emmanuel, he's living in Jesus Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. And listen to this. He made peace with everything in heaven on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So Christmas is not just the celebration of Jesus' birth, but it's a celebration of his life and his death and his resurrection. And it says that we have peace with God by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So it's the the cross of Christ. It's the cross of Christ that gives us peace with God. It's when Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God, to bring us into a relationship with God. He shed his blood. It's by his wounds that we are healed. It's by his blood that we have been washed as white as snow. And it's through the Christ's death on the cross that we've been brought back into a relationship with God that we can have peace with God. Listen to what it says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one. I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Jesus is now seated on the throne. He is king, he is Lord. When did the prince become king? The prince became king at his ascension. After Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he's on the Mount of Olives, he's with his disciples, Matthew chapter 28. Remember, Matthew's all about the kingdom. 
And he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. And he ascends into heaven and he is now seated on the throne at the right hand of God. I'm gonna continue on in Ephesians says, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under his authority, under the authority of Christ, and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the Lord. He is above all things. He's any ruler, any power, any authority. Like, like he is the king of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne. And he is establishing his eternal kingdom for those of us who've put our faith in him. Those of us who have believed in Jesus Christ, he's established this eternal kingdom. I love what it says over in Philippians. Philippians chapter two, verse nine. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's gonna be a day in every, every one of our lives when every knee is gonna bow and every tongue is gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's either gonna happen in this life or in the life to come. And my encouragement to you is to make that decision in this life. Do not wait for eternity when everyone's gonna declare. Go ahead and declare him Lord now. The question I have for you this Christmas is who is seated on the throne of your life? Who's calling the shots? Are you seated on the throne? Are you in charge? Are you calling the shots? And if that's the case, that's probably why you don't have peace in your life. That's why you have so much fear, so much anxiety, so much stress. Because everything's falling on you, the weight's falling on you. Or is Jesus Christ on the throne? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you put your faith and trust in him? Have you confessed that Jesus is Lord? If we believe in our heart, that God raised him from the dead. If we, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Have you surrendered your life to him? In, in Matthew chapter six, the, the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Remember, Matthew's all about the kingdom. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We, we become Christians, we become followers of Jesus by saying, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. I'm putting you on the throne of my life. And if you've never put your faith in Jesus, that's the application today. Surrender your heart, surrender your life. Put Jesus on the throne. Now the application for those of us who've been Christians for a while, I've been a Christian for 36 years, some of you have been Christians longer than me, 
Some of you have been Christians for a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. You already have Jesus on the throne. But you're not experiencing peace. There's something going on in your life that is keeping you from experiencing the peace that God has for you. And every single one of us has something. The Apostle Paul refers to it as, as, a, as a thorn in the flesh, a thorn in the side. We all have something that our enemy, Satan, is trying to use to steal our peace. So it could be a health issue. You have a loved one, you are battling cancer. You have a loved one who's battling cancer. A husband, wife, son or daughter, mom or dad who's going through a difficult time. It could be a relationship issue, a marriage issue, a family issue, a conflict with a family member, conflict with a friend. It could be a financial situation, a business situation. We all, we all go through storms of life. We all go through difficult things. And it steals our joy. It steals our peace. And I love what Jesus says before before he dies on the cross, one of the last words he has with his disciples. John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Now the last three Sundays here at Grace we've been talking about the gift. The gift of hope, the gift of faith, the gift of love. And this Christmas Eve, we're talking about the gift of peace. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. And so Jesus is speaking to us and he said, I'm giving you the gift of peace. Whatever it is that's going on in your life that's stealing your peace, I'm giving you peace. And so then he says, do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. And my hope and prayer for all of us is that we leave church today putting our faith in Jesus turning whatever it is in our lives over to him. And he promises he'll give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. So I hope you walk out of here today, walk out of all of our campuses with this burden lifted, surrender it to Jesus, and let him give you a peace that only he can give. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the celebrating the Prince of Peace. We thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to bring us peace on earth and to give each of us individual peace. God, I pray if there's anyone here, anyone watching, anyone listening who doesn't have the peace of Christ, who doesn't know 100% sure that they're gonna spend eternity in heaven with you, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. If that's you, I just wanna encourage you to, to bow your heart to Jesus, to surrender your life to him. To say, God, not my will, but your will be done. I want you to be the king of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Take over the throne of my life. And God, I pray that you would come into their lives and change their lives and forgive them of their sins and give them eternal life. God, I pray for all of us who are dealing with something, God, we all have a thorn in the flesh. We all go through a storm of life. We're all facing some type of battle. Could be a health issue, could be a financial issue, could be a relationship issue. God, I pray that we would give that to you this Christmas. And I pray that every single person would walk out of here with a peace 
that only Jesus can give, the gift of peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray it all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We look forward to connecting with you. We hope you have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next week.